Good afternoon. From the capital city, I'm Jazz Garrett on KINY. 88 years ago, on October 13, 1935, the opening of the first Douglas Bridge was celebrated with a car parade. The idea to cross the Gastineau Channel with a bridge was first discussed in 1903 when a trolley bridge was proposed. However, the first bridge to span the Gastineau Channel between Juneau and Douglas wasn't constructed until between the summer of 1934 and the fall of 1935. After much discussion regarding naming, it was dubbed the Douglas Bridge. A new music collective called the Muskeg Collective in partnership with the Juno Arts and Culture Center is hosting a show tomorrow night called the Cowboy Ball. It will feature performances by local musicians and Muskeg Collective member Taylor Vidic. They're all in various stages of recording their solo albums. So it, uh, there are four members as of right now. It includes myself, Taylor Vidic, Annie Bartholomew, who came out with her album Sisters of Whitechapel earlier this spring, Aaron Heist, who whose first album, uh, From the Land of Rested Dreams, came out last spring in 2022, and then Josh Fortenberry, whose album will be coming out in spring of 2024. This is meant as a bit of a coming out party for the group to show Juno what they're working on. Vedic gives a preview of her song High on Capital Chat. A large part of how we like to describe the Muskeg Collective is that we are singer-songwriters from Southeast Alaska. And so as I play this song, I'm imagining the exact window in downtown Juno I was looking out of while I wrote it um, because our songs are very place-based. So we're excited to share those songs with folks tomorrow night at the Cowboy Ball. will open at 6 p.m. and the show will start at 7. A costume contest will also take place. Tickets are available on the Jack's website. An Anchorage grand jury returned 115 felony counts against five co-defendants associated with the Meta Center affiliated clinics that operated on the Kenai Peninsula between 2014 and 2019. The defendants include Dr. Ray Lynn Carlson, Carlson's Corporation Art Lynn Carlson, MDPC, Scott L. Carlson, Joseph Hurley, and Sharice Carlson. Each of the five co-defendants were indicted on 23 felony counts for fraudulent billing to the Alaska Medicaid program and to Aetna and Primera insurance companies. Charges in the indictment are only allegations and all defendants are considered innocent until proven guilty at a trial. This indictment is a result of a multi-year, multi-state, and multi-agency investigation in the states of Alaska and Washington. The Alaska MFCU is part of the Alaska Department of Law Criminal Division. It is responsible for investigating and prosecuting Medicaid fraud, abuse, neglect, and financial exploitation of patients in any facility that accepts Medicaid funds. All of the defendants were charged with numerous Class B and Class C felonies to include scheme to defraud medical assistance fraud, theft, and fraudulent insurance acts.
12th Street will be partially closed between Glacier Avenue and A Street today, while additional utility upgrades are made. During this time, the roadway will be closed to vehicular traffic in sections and rerouted. Work will be completed by the end of Friday, weather depending. Pedestrian access will remain maintained via sidewalks. Coming up next on News of the North... The Small Business Administration has set up a disaster center at Diamond Park Aquatic Center. That story next with Jordan Lewis. Welcome back to News of the North. I'm Jordan Lewis. Public Information Officer for the Small Business Administration, Garth McDonald, joined the Action Line to talk about low-interest loans available for residents and businesses affected by the glacier outburst flooding. We try to make them convenient and, and affordable for the individual. At the low interest rate, these loans are generally can be 15 to 30 years in most cases. Um, people can pay them off early with no prepayment penalty. They can borrow what they want. There's no interest that accrues for the first year and there's no payment for 12 months. Once they receive funds, they have a 12 month deferral. But they're in control of how much money they borrow. And um, we, we help them decide. We have a team of loss verification folks that look online, take pictures from the applicants. The in-person disaster center closes on October 24th, but applications will be open for residents until December 5th and for businesses until July 8th. Things can also be done online, although McDonald suggests coming in person to the Diamond Park Aquatic Center Monday through Friday to receive extra support. But for some folks, it, it's the worst day of their life, uh, these catastrophic losses. And to get, sit down face-to-face -face and ask questions and bring documents that you might have uh, need to turn in, our folks will be there to help. So I really recommend taking advantage of it. But those tech-savvy people, they can go online, sba.gov slash disaster. There's a link there to apply for assistance. Those funds can be used to help rebuild. They might want to help build some uh, mitigating projects like seawalls, um, there are wildfires in Alaska. People put on fire-safe roofs. There is uh, other things that are done to raise, like uh, some of the, from the bottom floor, people raise up their heating system or their water heaters to get it above where flooding might come in and damage that. So there are mitigation efforts that will help people so they don't suffer f future damage. And if there are code requirements by the CBJ for because of some of the erosion and some of the, the issues that have popped up in this particular disaster by the river, if they can actually, we can loan for additional money because they're required to do some upgrades on the home when they rebuild. Starting Tuesday, CECON and the Department of Transportation and Public Facilities will be working on repairs to the embankment near the Mendenhall River Bridge from damages during the 2023 flood event. Repairs are anticipated to take one to two weeks and are expected to be completed by Halloween. Impact of traffic is expected to be minimal, but it is advised that you be watchful for heavy equipment and trucks in the project area. Changes in the air as the Alaska region welcomes a new acting regional forester, Janelle Crocker. She follows on the heels of Dave Schmidt, who retired in September after serving more than 40 years in the agency, five of which were as the regional forester in Alaska. Crocker will lead the region in managing nearly 22 million acres of national forests in Alaska until the position is filled permanently. 
In her permanent position, Crocker serves as the Deputy Regional Forester for the Eastern Region based in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Before joining the agency and serving her now seven years, she has held a range of leadership positions with the Natural Resources Conservation Service, the Bureau of Land Management, the City of Sacramento, and the Environmental Systems Research Institute. Alaska is not new to Crocker, who served as the Regional Resource Information Program Manager from 2016 to 2019. And when it comes to packing on the pounds to survive an Alaskan winter, this year's undisputed champion is Grazer. Grazer, also known as Bear 128 to the fans of Fat Bear Week at Alaska's Katmai National Park and Preserve, won this year's contest handily defeating Chunk at 108,321 to 23,134 in the finals. The annual contest, which this year drew more than 1.3 million votes from dedicated fans watching the Bears live at explore.org, is a way to celebrate the resiliency of the brown bears that live on the preserve on the Alaska Peninsula, which extends from the state's southwest corner toward the Aleutian Islands. Viewers of Alaska's most watched popularity contest are glued to computer screens all summer long to see which bears are stocking up the most on salmon. They then vote in tournament-style brackets over the course of a week, advancing bears to the next round until a champion is crowned. Grazer took that title on Tuesday. According to Grazer's biography on the Katmai website, the large adult female is often one of the fattest bears to collect salmon on Brooks River inside Katmai. Park officials call her one of the best anglers in the park, fishing day or night from many different parts of the river, even chasing down fleeing salmon. Grazer is one of an estimated 2,200 brown bears that call Katmai home. A true mama bear, she's been known to attack larger bears, even adult males, to ensure her cubs are safe. She's used her skills to successfully raise two litters of cubs. This year's contest was in peril just weeks ago. Had Congress not come to a last-minute deal to avoid a government shutdown at the end of September, Fat Bear Week would have been postponed since park employees would not have been allowed to count the votes. Now you're up to date with News of the North. I'm Jordan Lewis.